Hey squad, this is JD Gerspine. My company is Owlish Communications. And if you really want to up-level your learning of LinkedIn, you should be listening to the Time to Shine Today podcast with my pal, Scott Ferguson. Time to Shine Today podcast, varsity squad. This is Scott Ferguson and welcome to episode 237 with the LinkedIn Yoda, the LinkedIn Zen master, the Owlish man, the JD Gerspine. Really good friend of mine that will help you level up your LinkedIn presence. He believes that, you know, when it comes to branding, that perception is reality. So you have to, uh, for people to really stand out, to really be able to build their business um, from a place of service, J.D. Gershbein is the place and the person that you want to see. So without further ado, here comes my really good friend. And, and make sure you sit back, relax, and make sure you take mega notes because I have like three pages of notes in this 30-minute interview. So again, let's welcome J.D. Gershbein from Owlish Communications. Let's level up. Time to shine today, podcast varsity squad. This is Scott Ferguson, and I have been waiting, bated breath. Got my boy from Chicago here, my good friend JD Gerspine. He is a personal brand strategist, business psychologist, speaker, facilitator, media producer, and broadcaster. He is one of the world's first independent LinkedIn consultants and is widely regarded as a thought leader in the areas of personal branding, social networking, online communication, applied improv improvisation, and social entrepreneurship. So he's all about aiming high and brand yourself accordingly. And I'm so stoked to bring this. And you're going to want to bring, break out your notebook, sit back and relax. Because here is my really good friend, J.D. Gershbein. And J.D., please come on, introduce yourself to the Time to Shine Today podcast, Varsity Squad. But first, what's your favorite color and why? Blue. Blue, why is that? I'm all about the blue, man. Anything important in my life is revolved around blue. I love it. It's, I'm wearing it's, easy, it. it's very easy on my <laughs> rods and cones. <laughs> I love it. It's in your color wheel, you handsome devil. Absolutely. Love it. I love it. So let's get into a little bit about JD. Again, it's we met in March. Um, and yes. for scheduling, we finally get together here in July. This, this yes. will probably be August if you're listening to it right now, squad. But let's get to the origins of JD. I know that you were in kind of another world and made a, I still call it shift. A lot of people call it pivot, um, but I call it, maybe we'll call it shivit. There you go. Um, there you go. Give me a shivit right over. But let's get a little bit of the history of JD. You know, Fergie, I'm kind of in this phase of continuous reinvention. I, I think I'm, I'm reinventing myself on the hour at this point. Uh, I, I, there's nothing like a global pandemic to really drive home the frailty of human life and really illuminate who we are as human beings. And uh, as we're taping this, uh, we are inching toward a post-COVID world. Uh, the sure. vaccines are out there. Uh, people are getting immunized. People have kind of returned to society. Uh, everything's open again. And now is the time to really call back on what we've went through the past 17 months leading up to our taping here today, where we were, say, pre-pandemic, and things have changed. Things have changed internally for me, uh, externally in the way that I approach my business, and uh, clearly meeting superb people like yourself, which may not have happened. Wouldn't have happened, pandemic. brother. <laughs> it might have. Think, think of, and that's, and that's really where, where I'd like to kind of maybe go with this is sure. what opportunities have happened and how has my story been kind of reshaped since the pandemic? Yeah, let's go there. Let's and go with think, the reshaping of it. Yeah, I think everybody's kind of has that right now. And we've come through this period of incredible self-assessment and 
I've been doing the LinkedIn work now since 2006. Mm -hmm. And what have I learned? Well, I've certainly learned a lot about the platform from a technology standpoint. It's, it's a disruptive phenomenon that has really reshaped the face of business sure, and sure. Re retooled the business landscape, as it were. But as I've overlaid my personality on it, I've, I've noticed around the social science that it's just people talking to people and people trying to talk to people and people trying to engage in business conversations. And we humans tend to overthink everything, Fergie. So what I've tried to do is really install myself as a thought partner to people who really want to leverage LinkedIn to its fullest potential and, and not get so strategically and tactically burdened by the site, but just kind of put your eyes in soft focus, let things kind of happen, uh, and really allow the game to come to you. Love That's it. the essence of my work right now. And I love what you're doing because you're, you're, he, he, Squad, he takes from, you, me and him are cut from the same cloth of giving, giving, giving until it hurts so good. Because if you go to his website with, from his blogs to even his about page, it's all about how much he gives. But JD, I, I have to ask you something. Like when you are talking about going through consistent reinvention, is there, does that stifle any consistency along the way? I don't think so because I'm, I'm the same guy. Okay. <laughs> I'm under the same personal brand umbrella Love and it. I would never do anything that's off brand. I would never recommend my clients. I was hoping you're going to say that man. go off brand. It's got to feel, we use the word yes. coming on the air called authenticity. Yeah. It's uh, authenticity is the word right now it's in vogue. Yes. And I think we've become very, uh, snobby audiences and we can mm. spot someone who's operating out of um, um out of authenticity and and someone who's uh an imposter at this point you know you're right because you're put under such a microscope of social and, and everything else that's going on out there and yeah. and i that's the thing where i don't have a huge social presence my all, all of my coaches want me to, but I'm like, you know, I built an email list, which my squad knows here, you know, over 115,000 emails. And I get like a 27% open. I like building the platform on people that have the, uh, that are looking to level up into, right. in, in, in to meet people like yourself and then take it to the next level where it just seems like there's a lot of superficial stuff that's going on out there. Am I saying, am I echoing kind of what you said earlier? You absolutely are. And I think that's another reason that we became BFF so quickly is because <laughs> up level was my word for 2020. That's right. <laughs> and, and after a miserable 2020 where we were given the best marketing tagline in the history of marketing taglines, I mean, marketing 2020, 2020 vision and 2020 <laughs> turned out to be a real bust. But at the same time, the blessing within the curse was that we were able to take this step back. Everybody sure. was given this incredible bubble of time to reevaluate, recalibrate, and retool. And now we're coming out into a post-pandemic world, ideally stronger, better versions of ourselves, better versions of the best version, in other words. And now how can we collaborate? How can we sure. co-create? And how can we build something for the greater good? Love it. So let's talk then about that fork in the road moment, if you want to call it that, when you kind of like in 2006, I look back, I got my LinkedIn profile in 2006, right? Like that's <laughs> when I didn't even know, just a friend said, you need to join this. And I'm like, what? You know, it was cool. It was social time. You know, Facebook was barely coming out. If he was, if he was even was out, what was that, that fork in the road moment that said, listen, you're going to kind of leave the traditional marketing practice and kind of move into the LinkedIn. What was the trigger? Because uh, like I just said, 
dude, I didn't know what was going on with you. You must have saw something that everybody else did. And what took you down that road? Well, it's uh, it's what Dr. Rob Bell would call a hinge moment. And that was my one of my hinge moments. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm just hardwired in that way. Uh, something about LinkedIn appealed to me instantly. I felt this could be fantastic. And sure. the first incarnation of my LinkedIn profile, which was crude by today's standards. I, I mean, I, <laughs> I I didn't just populate the page with with content that was elsewhere. I really took the time and built on this fresh. And yes, you did. It, it was my canvas. And I felt mm-hmm. if I could lead people here and they could learn a few things about me that they couldn't learn anywhere else out there on the web, that maybe it would lead to better conversations and people would be preconditioned to learn more about me and motivated to investigate me further. And I haven't been visionary with all that much in my life, Fergie, but, but I was with this. And I made the decision literally the moment I created my LinkedIn account that I was going to show people possibilities here. And I started meeting them at networking events, going into coffee houses. We all had our laptops up and trying to figure this thing out. And <laughs> I quickly branded as a go-to resource in this area. Wow. And, and truthfully, I just rode the wave. I, I hate to disagree, but you are visionary, man. You saw something where you could serve people, meeting them in coffee houses, going out and giving of your time. It's not like they're paying you to meet. You're, you're like opening up the laptops and getting after it and, and helping people. And then the recipro- and you were open to that reciprocation that stuff would come to you in paid events and my other maybe monetary gain or not even monetary, right? Well, nobody really understood LinkedIn. Right, nobody did. (laughs) It it, it still remains very enigmatic and it's getting tougher to teach. The site has just become so much more complex. And now there's a feeding frenzy on it with uh, so many folks realizing the urgency of their content in terms of building their brand and acquiring clients, advancing their careers, et cetera. So for me, back in the day, in retrospect, I hung out the shingle. I didn't know where it was leading, but I knew that if I gave it my all, it would be great. And I have never wavered from who I am and my guiding principles in moving a consultancy forward that is designed to help people not just use a website. I I don't teach people how to use the website but I show them where the key values are, how it's applicable to them, how it aligns with their vision of themselves, and then give them the autonomy to move forward. Love it. And you're, you're doing all of that too, JD. So what do you think makes somebody a great brand magnet? You know, it's interesting. Personal branding has really stolen the conversation out there because now as we've been thrust into the virtual world, Fergie, everybody's kind of thinking about their brands. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was one of those terms that just didn't get a lot of play back, say, when I started doing the work. But I'd say the turning point for personal branding and for people really reconciling their value as brands came around 2011 when LinkedIn had just come through its greatest period of growth in their Mm -hmm. history. And they had crossed the 100 million mark. And when you Mm -hmm. think about it, 100 million users. Now uh, it's upwards of 700 million users. Now that doesn't mean that everybody's active on it. Right. But what it does mean is that there are certain people who decided that they weren't going to just say they wanted to stand out, but they were going to do the steps necessary to stand out. So when you you see people really working on themselves and putting themselves out there in a way where they can be taken at face value and and, and what they bring to the table is so clearly messaged, you recognize them as brands. 
Yes. And sadly, not everybody builds a brand. Yeah. And the misnomer is that people in my trade will build the brand for them. I don't build the brand for anybody. No, they do. I, I, I work on my own, but there's so much of what we call personal branding that lies outside our control. So we just have to hope and play on the notion that we will be received well, mm-hmm. that people will be open to hearing from us, that they will be receptive to uh, looking at our emails, our content, and maybe become brand ambassadors for us and share that content. I love that. that that's that, that's fantastic. So what if you're bringing somebody in to help them um, brand accordingly, mm-hmm. what kind of secret sauce do you have, if you don't mind sharing, to help them find their blind spots? I look at what I call the dominant aspect of value. That's that's my term. I've, I've peed on it through the years to mark territory because I really feel that there's so much that lies beneath the waterline. If you, if you look at iceberg theory, which I love, I love to explain branding in terms of the iceberg. And the great writer Ernest Hemingway said that great writing uh, should be done with an economy of words and that the writer should get his or her message across in the least amount of words possible. Yes. So what I try to do is really help my clients, students, and audiences simplify their message gain clarity on what it is they truly do. Now, there are a lot of folks who use that language in their practices, but when you're talking about consolidating and condensing everything you you do and everything you are for clients in terms of a singular profile, that's work. (laughs) And you've got to do the deep dredging and really put forth the effort to show folks what it is you truly accomplish. Love it. And unfortunately, most folks can't and default to an overt sales pitch. Where it's a lot of me, me, me in it. It's all me. It's about how cool yeah. they are and nothing about yeah. client pain. Love that you said that and that we agree on that. So when you're starting to work with somebody that wants to level up, mm-hmm. brand accordingly, do it in a brief way as possible because the fewest words, I believe even Ben Franklin said that as well. Yes. Um Well, I'm working with a lot of folks who have very impressive histories, and I'm sure sure many folks in your squad feel that they're very, uh, they have multiple businesses, multiple brand extensions. I call it versatility syndrome, where they're, Mm -hmm. they want to do so many things or they cast as wide a net as possible, as opposed to being a specialist. So the key is, is giving each of these important professional elements, its own emphasis and incorporating them into the profile. So I've really looked at kind of the art and the science sure. of LinkedIn profile writing as, as not something that I just fulfill an order, but right. to really work with someone to, to chisel out that message Love and it. again, carve out that best mental version of themselves. Of themselves. Absolutely. So when you're starting to work with somebody that wants to level up their brand, is there any good question that you wish they would ask you, but never do? That wish that they would ask me? But never uh, do? J- JD, in a perfect world, what could happen? Sure. What, what could happen if I listen to you? What could happen if I go through your process? What could happen if I start doing what you ask me to do? Because unfortunately, there's a jump off slash leave off point where clients have taken the knowledge, they've built a few insights and they go out and they default to some of the bad habits that, that they had. Yes. Right. And, and I'm here to say that, that LinkedIn is a meritocracy folks slash squad. LinkedIn is a meritocracy. Sure. It, it the achievement comes to people who work it. Mm. it, it it's, 
it is hard work and it, is. it, it does force us to reconcile how we present in the online world. Right. But at the same time, when you understand what works and what doesn't, you will be in better conversations. You will be in more opportunities to sell yourself, your product, your services, your skill sets, your company, and you'll be able to drive your niche. Love it. So then what keeps JD up at night? What keeps me up at night? Yeah. You know, just the, some of the problems that are outside of business at this sure. point. Uh, I, I don't worry about too much in my practice. I'm in a good place professionally. I truly feel that way, Fergie. But obviously, there are people who are not. And right. uh, I guess you want to help them. I, I, well, I want to help them. You know, I'm the kind of the one guy trying to change the world thing. But, but at the same time, I understand that uh, things out there I can't control. And my gosh, the, all of the social injustice out there and the, sure. the inequities of, of human life. And it, it weighs on us. Sure. It weighs on us all. But I, I wake up with enthusiasm every morning and just so glad and delighted to be in a situation to meet people like you. <laughs> My man. So then what do you think people misunderstand the most about JD? What do they misunderstand about me? I, I'm not sure that they would understand what it is I'm trying to accomplish for them. Okay. And obviously everybody's in business and everybody is selling you a product or service uh, or a worldview at every turn and imposing their will on the system. And, and I'm really not like that. I, I, I really, I'm, I'm not a hardballer when it comes to sales. Uh, I probably have left more business on the table because of that. Sure. But I vet my clients very seriously. I want them to know that I operate in their best interests. And Love I think it. that's what I would want them to know about me. I'm not an order taker. Um, right. I don't just, I'm not an assembly line. I don't outsource the outsourcing. They, they engage with me, they get me, and I'm, I'm all in. And they get individual attention versus cookie cutter stuff. And I love that, love that you brought that up. So have you seen the movie Back to the Future? I certainly have. Okay. We're going to go the opposite way. We're, we're going, we don't need roads. In five years forward, where do you see, J.D.? I'm doing live shows. Okay. I'm doing live shows that are live streamed and taped in front of a live audience. I'm best perceived as a live act. Oh, and I've got my, my speaking business has been resurrected uh, in, in an industry that is slowly but surely coming back. Mm-hmm. And I'm out there just producing media, writing books, shaking hands or bumping elbows with just talented people, insightful awesome. people that I can learn from. Oh, I, absolutely. Yeah. I feel I'm just kind of revving up. I'm, I'm in act three right now. Just oh, curtains just gone up on act three. <laughs> and I'm, I'm ready to, I'm ready to intermingle with my audience. Yes. It feels so good. Again, I was, I've been wheels up last three weekends, Austin, mm-hmm. Nashville, like tonight I'm going to Hartford, Connecticut to speak. And it just feels so good. Up, get up there, rock the stage and press some flesh and meet people again. I can't even explain. So Okay, how do you want your dash remember that little line in between your incarnation date and your expiration date? How do you want people to remember your dash on your tombstone? Boy, that's a, you mean the epitaph? It doesn't have to be what the epitaph. That, There's epitaph a lot of life device. lived, especially with you in that dash between your life date and death date. How do you want that dash remembered? 
Well, you know, it's interesting because I've, I've toyed around with the idea of, of giving myself that kind of, of, of personal epitaph. And there, there are certain things that come to mind about what I try to do and, and that fine line between the effort I put in and the accomplishment and, and the output. Sure. So I would like to be known as a guy who did his best to stay relevant, age gracefully. Yes, you do. And achieve inner peace. I'm writing that down because I'm going to live that. Best to stay relevant, age well, gracefully, and achieve inner peace. Yes, it's actually the tagline on my personal website. I believe I I'm a guy that. doing his best to stay relevant, age gracefully, and achieve inner peace. That's awesome, man. And in between all of those uh, operations, help as many folks as I can. Yes. Have as much fun as possible. Yes. I mean, come on, squad. Let's have fun. Yes. Well, we do here, man. We have a blast, you know. If you ain't having about, fun, it ain't working. Yeah, dude. We we talk about overlapping happiness all the time, you know. Mm -hmm. Because if you're like, oh man, I'm going to visit Fergie in South Florida. We're gonna have a great time for three or four days. We're gonna rock stages, you know, press some flesh, make a little money in the process, go eat some nice South Florida food. But guess what? That time ends. You're gonna be going back to Chicago. Nothing wrong with that, but if you find something else within the interim, that's what we say. We overlap our happiness. We're always grateful. That's why everybody that I coach must have a gratitude journal. And it's I don't want them to write it out. I give them 12 items a day that you're grateful for. Figure it out. I don't care if it's that your right finger can move correctly. Write it out. And they just since my coach made me start doing that in 1999, and I have journals that go back to 99, dude. So it's 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 amazing. And that's where I see you uh, hitting those big three, you know, age gracefully, inner peace and staying relevant. You're going to crush it. So let's go back to your 22 year old. Let's get back to that DeLorean with Marty. Let's go back to 22 year old JD. What kind of knowledge nuggets? That's what we call him here to, at Time to Shine today. Are you dropping on that JD to maybe help him shorten the learning curve, level up and blast through? Boy, that, that whole do-over question about going back and speaking to your younger self. And obviously, I would I would impose certain financial lessons on my younger <laughs> Me self. Me too, brother. That, that's a separate <laughs> podcast. That's a separate podcast. <laughs> yes. I, I would say, you know, one of the words that's out there is that, that I have always loved is open-mindedness. And I would tell my younger self to be as open-minded as possible. And I've, I've never really been anything but. I've always welcomed new things that I've been exposed to. I'm very responsive. I'm, I'm, I, I'm very analytical. I look at things, I study them. I'm kind of, I'm this blend of art and science. So I'm always looking for the aesthetic qualities, but at the same time, the scientific explanation behind pretty much everything. So I would, I would just say, keep on that trail because that's what led me to make the decision uh, to be where I'm at right now. I never, I never thought, of learning a website would be my ticket to see the world. Right. So I'm, I have the gratitude piece. There's no, uh, there's no shortage of gratitude in my life. Uh, but the 22 year old JD who is, who is out there just playing a mean blues piano, going to Chicago Cubs games, going to every rock concert I could go to having a blast, getting a great suntan in the summer uh, meeting girls, uh, that, that JD, you know, he, it's kind of given way to a, a more mature version as, as you would hope and expect. And now I, I, I think what would 60, what, what, what would 72 year old JD say to 63 year old JD? 
<laughs> that kind of thing. So love it. Um, as we tape here, I'm I, I, I fall back on that introspection, and I yeah. think of of how I was feeling and reacting to things in my younger days, and I, I am the sum total of all the choices I've made. We all are. That's amazing. So then, what's your? No, let's go this way. <laughs> Let's take out any electronics, including the phone, computer, tablet, anything like electrical. What what are three things that JD can't live without? My piano. Okay. My family. Although I should put my family first, right? Yeah, I, sure. I mean, I that's, kind of, that's kind of like the given. That's, that's the a given one. Urchin can't live without. But in, in terms of things that kind of keep us on this time continuum, because right now you pull electronics out of the equation, um, you know, unless you're out there and you're living in solitude, I, it, we have our books, yeah. uh, obviously my books, and sure. uh, I would say my, my appetite for new knowledge. Love it. Continuous whether that comes learning. from books, whether that's knowledge, I'm a lifelong learner. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. Right there with you. So then what is your definition of a life well-lived? My definition of a life well-lived, I would say, is the turnout at my funeral. <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. I do hear you there. So, hey, time to shine today. Podcast Varsity Squad, we are back with my good friend, J.D. Gershbein, who wants you to aim high and brand accordingly. And, J.D., we're going to take you through our leveling up lightning round. You and I could talk literally an hour on each one of these questions, but you have five seconds with zero explanations. You ready to level up? I am ready to level up. Let's do this. All right. What is the best leveling up advice JD's ever received? Listen, think, act. Love it. Share one of your personal habits that contributes to your success. Running. Running. Love it. Other than your website, which is owlishcommunications.com, and of course, time to shine today.com, a shameless plug. What le- website do you like to go to to level up? LinkedIn. <laughs> Here we go. Is that a trick question? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why I leaned in. Okay, so you see me walking down the street, man, man, Fergie's in his doldrums a little bit, man. What book are you handing me? I am handing you. Anatomy of an Illness as Perceived by the Patient by Norman Cousins. We have to put that in our show notes, squad. What's your most commonly used emoji? The, the, the little dude with the dark shades. Sunglasses. <laughs> I love it. Chess or checkers? Chess. Love it. If you can stay one age for the rest of your life, and please just don't lie to me on this. I'm coming up on 50, and I know what age I'd want to be. If you can stay one age physically for the rest of your life, keep all the knowledge you've gained and continue to garner knowledge. What age physically would you stay for the rest of your life? 35. Thank you for putting a three in there. I say 32. Thank you for being honest with that, brother. Favorite charity and organization you like to give your time or money to? Uh, so many. Uh, any? Uh, I have a couple that involve kids. Okay. Very cool. What I'll have you do is send them over to us and we'll put them in our show. Special Kids Network, Special Kids Network, which is uh, founded by my good friend, Chad Coe here in the Chicago area. Beautiful. Last question. You can elaborate a little bit on this one, but Mm -hmm. what is the best decade of music? 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s? 1970s. 70s. All right. Give me some bands you like. 
Well, I was on the radio station at my high school. So you, you name any band that put out work in the 70s and I'm pretty much on it. But then I would also say I wasn't I didn't appreciate music to the extent I do now from the 1960s and before that. And the older right. I get, the more interested I am in the people who did it first. Uh, in the 1970s, the, uh, the it bands for me were, uh, I, I mean, the Beatles, of course, Elton John, the Rolling Stones, Eagles, uh, anybody yeah. from the British Invasion, Eagles, Doobie Brothers. Um, 70s were awesome. Anybody in that pocket. Yeah, 70s were awesome. So how can we find you, J.D.? I'm pretty easy. It should surprise absolutely no one that I'm I'm discoverable and detectable on LinkedIn. J.D., no period, J.D. Mm -hmm. Gershbein. I've got a couple of websites out there. My company is Owlish Communications, like the owl, Owlish mm -hmm. Communications. And uh, you pop me into the Google search engine and- Oh yeah, you find you. You'll, you'll get to me. Absolutely, you'll get to. Or they yeah, could ask you. What's that? They could find me through you. Yeah, absolutely. I will, um, be, I will be promoting my appearance on your podcast very aggressively. Yay! I love that. I love it. So did you ever- I was curious. Did you ever perform at Second City? I have. Oh, really? I have. I have studied improv and sketch comedy um, aggressively since 2017. Okay. Uh, prior to that, I did take some classes in the 1980s, and I've worked with. I've worked with actually a, a coach at Second City. I, I eventually went. I initially went back there to up level my stagecraft. Uh, okay. And, and then fell into some long form improv classes. I'm not auditioning for second um, for Saturday Night Live. Right, I, right. I, just, I, no, I look brother. at applied improv as a skill, and and I wanted to up level that skill or upskill if, if I wanted. Thursday to nights, man. I'm in improv class. I actually have there a you go. competition where they have a boxing ring this weekend. Yes, and uh, we're having a funny. Like, they just they're fun. I'm the yes. I'm no longer the weakest link. Um, cause new people are coming in, I'm getting better and I'm getting trained by some studs here in improv, which is just poured over into my personal life, into my business world. And like, I know that you can attest to this, how just easier it is to think on your feet in a rational, clear manner, yes. you know, and think and respond and not react, yes. you know, cause you're thinking about yes, what and I love it. Yes, I love and. it. I yes, and it gives us the ability to yes, really advance conversations. Right. When we think they're they're bottoming out or they've hit the wall. Right. When you're present in the moment and you can use the techniques of applied improvisation, you can continue the conversation. And that's Love an important it. skill in business today. I did a show back in May of uh, 2019, uh, sold out, if I may add. It, yeah. was business, it was a business-themed show, and it was the precursor to a live show that I'm developing, uh, which I hope to take across the globe. Love it. You will. You will. And JD, do me a huge favor and leave us with one last knowledge nugget you want us to take with us, internalize and take action on. Well, if I may, I'd like to offer my favorite quote from, from one of my favorite films because it applies to pretty much everything in life. Are you ready? Sure. You're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> Jaws. <laughs> it's funny. I, I pull from movies all the time. Like I pull from Shawshank yep. Redemption, Great Get movie. Busy Living, Get Busy Dying. And then there's a movie that really no one's heard of unless you're a goofball like me. It's called Van Wilder. And, uh, you know, it was Ryan Reynolds before he was Ryan Reynolds. And he said in there, he said, don't take life too seriously or never make it out alive. And that's, I live by that since 2000. That movie came out in 2000. That's 
literally on my wall. If everyone asks me a quote, I always say that and then do it for the intention, not the attention. Those are my two that I live by, man. I've got one more for you. And then I think that that's a great way for you to go into your outro. And that would be from Godfather Two, Michael Corleone, um, who who says uh, he's questioning, you know, how he is perceived and how he interacts with the world. And he says one thing he learned from his father, the Don, was to think like the people around you think. Yes. And on that basis anything's possible. Love it. It's true. Vito nailed it on that too. Love it. And squad, you just got a free masterclass with my good friend, JD Gershbein. Um, he, you want to level up your LinkedIn, then you must let me make a warm introduction to JD. Um, he's always, he brought up talking, people talking to people, and that's what we really miss, you know, and now that we're starting to get back to, we're overthinking a lot. And if you're really looking for that thought partner, let me put you in touch with JD. You know, keep a lookout for that hinge moment, that moment that's going to make a difference. That was JD's fork in the road moment where he's leveling up on LinkedIn and helping others level it up on LinkedIn. So look out for that hinge moment. You know, brand people that become brand magnet magnets, they look and do the steps necessary to stand apart from others from a point of service. They're not doing it for the me, 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 I, I, I. They're doing it to help others. And that's where people will be successful as a brand magnet. And he also dog peed on the dominant aspect of value. You know, believes in the iceberg iceberg theory, where there's a lot more down below than there is above. You know, and get your message across as brief as possible. Don't write long, 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 because people will get lost. And because you're not making, especially if you're not making it about them, they will stop reading it. So keep it brief. You know, he wants to stay relevant, age gracefully, and achieve inner peace. And he's well, well, well on his way to doing it. He's already doing it. He's my guy here. <laughs> and then, you know, ask your coach if no matter if you're looking to get branded or if you are looking to level up your LinkedIn or whatnot, that in a perfect world, what could happen if you do, if I do what you ask of me? And also, squad, if you're going to hire a friggin' coach, stick to the protocol they're giving you. Okay, that's I cannot stand that. That's one thing that I do with my three coaches is I stay with their protocol and I give it 90 days. And if it's not working, then we reassess. But I guarantee if they're good, they're going to put you in the right direction. You know, he wants you to keep your mind open to new ideas. Always be a sponge. Always move forward. And like my good friend Leah Woodford would say, get your asking gear. And if you if you're really passionate about something, you don't know how to do it. Ask the people, you know. You're going to need a bigger boat and hang out with my boy, JD. That's exactly, exactly what you're going to need. And lastly, listen, think, and act. Do it in those orders, that that order. Don't overanalyze. Make sure you take action. And that's what my good friend, JD, does. He's humble yet hungry. He levels up his health. He levels up his wealth. He's part of our varsity squad now. You've earned your varsity letter. JD, thanks so, so much for coming on, my friend. Well, when I knew it was time to shine, I knew it was time to shine. And thank <laughs> you man. for having me, Fergie. It's been a pleasure. You bet, brother. Love your guts. I'll talk soon. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Time to Shine Today podcast. Probably brought to you by Sutter & Nugent Real Estate, real estate excellence, who can be reached at 561-249-7266 and online at www.sutterandnugent.com. 
If you are a business owner or professional who would like to be interviewed on Time to Shine Today, please visit timetoshinetoday.com slash guest. If you like this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a link in the show notes to our website. Also there, you will see our recommended resources. We hope that you will support our show by supporting them. If you like what you've been listening to, it'd be great if you could just give us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe while you're at it. I'm your host, Scott Ferguson, and until next time, let's level up. It's our time to shine.